You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Porch Talk. I'm Logan Hug. This is Something's Got a Hold of Me. When the sun does pours coffee in his cup and runs Fast out to the pasture, batting down the hatches There's a storm on the horizon Shakes the ground like an earthquake in this family tree Come hell or high water Famine or disease Something's got a hold of me Something's got a hold of me Faltered, it worked and it watered the land But he left too soon Sometimes God's plans are to understand Now he knows that it's all up to him He feels like he's blowing in the wind But the roots run Deep in this family tree Come hell or high water Famine or disease Something's got a hold of me Something's got a hold of me Something's got a hold of me He'll do what he can just to get by 
thunder rolls like a freight train coming down from the dark sky. You ain't never too far down the tracks. You'll always have some way to come back. Cause the roots run deep in this family tree. Come hell or high part of famine or disease. Something's got a hold of me Something's got a hold of me Something's got a hold of me I've been so, I've been so damn mad. I ain't even took a sip of one. <laughs> I'm over it now. Damn it! Just goose frapper. You ever seen the movie uh, Anger Management? Yeah. <laughs> With uh, Adam, Adam Sandler. Sandler. Yeah. You remember that? He's that like on a plane and he has goose frapper. Like... I haven't seen it in a while. Is are we rolling? Yeah, dude. Welcome to the podcast. That's actually a great entrance. So that may be as good as they come. Through trials and tribulations, I had. <laughs> we uh, we recorded the uh, the music for the podcast, and then we thought we would take a break to listen back. My computer had other plans, <laughs> but uh, crisis averted. We are back in now. Ooh! And so Logan Hogue, I met Logan through the Man Up podcast. He came on. I was shocked. Uh, when Jake told us that, uh, hey, we're having a, a musical guest. And I was like, bro, what are you stepping in my field for? <laughs> hey, this is my area, man. Yeah, this is uh, <laughs> this is my expertise. What are you doing over here? But um, it was great. He, man, he brought the crew with him. They was in the bus that day. Who, the, who was Suburban. that? Yeah, we, yeah, the Yukon. The Juke and Yukon is what Ty calls it. Um, yeah, we all we were playing in Starkville at uh, I can't remember where we were. Ricks, something like I don't I don't remember where we were playing, but we uh we came up there after that, and um, I think Justin was there, Ty was there, Billy was there, everybody the whole the whole band. So we sat in and yeah, we had everybody but Kobe, who I just met. Yeah, Colt. Yeah, he uh my um my roommate in there. He uh he's in you know state trooper like school so he had to miss out he had to go do state trooper stuff gotta take care of business yeah you know what i'm saying gotta keep it safe so but yeah shout out to it but yeah man uh it was great to meet y'all that day and um getting to know your music and uh we connected and man i'm glad we finally connected to uh get this going yeah we talked about i think that we when did we do that podcast like Months ago, yeah, like Since July. It was. I remember like, being hot. Yeah, now it's cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, what is it? No, it's November 29th. I think yeah. we did that podcast like in June. So yeah, hey, we made it, folks. Here we are. 
Yeah, we're finally here. Dude, uh, Spotify rap season is upon us. Yeah. You, you want me to pull mine up? You we can to... do mine on there. How about oh, that? We're getting... We're live. We'll, we'll see what it looks like. We're getting in there, baby. I think I'm probably uh, yeah, let's see my own number one person. I probably listen, unfortunately, to myself the most. Let's see. Dude, what fun would it be if you made music that you didn't listen to? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, like, what are you doing if you don't want to listen to your own music? That'd be the worst. <laughs> yeah, you're wasting your time at that point. You know what I'm saying? I... Get your rap. All right. We're getting in there. Oh, wait. You seem like a pretty big supporter of your friends, too, so I'm going to guess you don't really... I don't think you're gonna have a a mainstream. You might have uh, you might have some mainstream in the top five. See, that's that's my artist rap. I don't even know what that is. I gotta find oh, that's it. your personal. Yeah, that would that one was my like artist rap. I don't. I'll have to see what that is. My um, personal ones. So these are unadulterated statistics, folks. We're we're we're. <laughs> We're right into the... Spotify's pulling it up as we speak. Yeah. So this is a good place to uh, go ahead and just like click this into existence. You know what I'm saying? Your rap is here. Let's go. Clicking. In 2023, people were really feeling what you do. You want to read these? Here you go. Oh, uh, yeah. Podcast. I got you, dude. Is it going to... Is it auto play? I don't think so. There you go. Your rap is in. People were feeling what you were doing. Not bad numbers. Three thousand one hundred and eighty-four listeners, folks. What a not a bad place to start. What did you, What did you think though? Was that going to be higher or lower? No, man. I'm, I don't. I don't have any expectations for any of this. <laughs> Are you honest. a numbers guy? I'm a numbers guy, but you know, when you uh, when you've got kind of big like goals, you really start somewhere, and you have to like kind of figure out how to get to where you want to go. So you have to look at it. You have it's it's emotional detachment you know what i'm saying like because i can't remember who uh what interview it was that i was watching but somebody uh there was an artist that that i was watching on um it was probably tiktok or something that i just kind of went by but they were talking about how they were given some words of wisdom from one of their like mentors basically that was the people who haven't discovered you yet you know it's not their fault you have to figure out how to bridge the gap so it's, I mean, I am a numbers guy, but there's no emotions. Like, I want to look at it as, like, analytically as possible, you know? Because I don't have a record label doing that for me, and I don't have interns. And well, you know man, what I'm saying? Like, Man, it's, uh, we're playing inside baseball, but, dude, like, to that point of what you're saying, like, uh, to be on that record label, you're going to have somebody who is getting your songs in the algorithm on the playlist yep. that needs to be on yep. and it's going to be on the forefront of people now immediately like what, and what you're saying now and I mean this is what I see people like because I I'm, I like the inside baseball music and like it, it's always wild to me like uh, I was playing an open mic in Tupelo mm-hmm. it's been about two years ago now and um, this I could tell this middle aged couple was really into what I was doing mm-hmm and I step off, and they kind of wave me over to their table, and they was like, "You need to be in Nashville." Yeah. And I just looked at them. I was like, 
I know you mean that in the best way. Yeah. <laughs> but what do you think I would do when I got yeah. there? Like, what do you think that means? Yeah. yeah. I mean, what is, what is, what is, what, what then? Yeah. Do I go meet Kid Rock at his bar? And go shake hands with him and he signs me to a record label? Or, like, <laughs> do I end up like most people who moved to Nashville for that is get lost in the bars and the next thing you know, all my music equipment is in a pawn shop and I'm headed back home with my tail between my legs. Yep. Because this... I'm a big fish in a little pond. Yep. I'd be a little fish in a big pond there. It yep. ain't doing me no good. Exactly. Now, getting there one day, sure. Long game, you know what I'm saying? Long game. But like what you're saying about like um, getting in front of the right person. I've, she's been on the show, I think, three times now. Erica Winterstrom of the Heartless Bastards. Mm-hmm. That's uh, a badass name. Dayton, Ohio. The Heartless Bastards. None other... She's kind of trying to get away from it because it's like uh, when you Google search her, yeah. it's like animal cruelty will come up on Google. Oh, shoot. So it's not, it's not, it's not good. These are heartless <laughs> bastards. Oh, dang. But, uh, she, she told the story, uh, I think the second time she came home, about playing in bars in uh, Dayton, Ohio. And just so happened, who's an Ohio guy? One of the biggest bands in the land, rock and roll. The drummer for the Black Keys, Patrick Carney, was at that bar that night. He connected her with Fat Possum Records, and that's how Is that, it all started. That's who the Black Keys have. That's that's who they're. They cut one of their first records with Black. Uh, I mean, Fat uh, Possum. Fat Possum. Mm-hmm. Now you may know them. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on whose story you you heard, Fat Possum is either you like them or you're kind of they shady, because a lot of people claim that they took uh, advantage of the blues players here. Yeah. Now I they, see I, I see that side of the coin. Yeah. But on the other side, I would have never known who they were if it wasn't for Fat Possum. Yeah, I, it's. I mean, that's that's a interesting conversation always because Mississippi. You know, people always say it's the birth, birthplace of America's music and, um, you know, taking music and all that kind of stuff. The Elvis Presley effect and you know that kind of deal. Um, but I mean, in reality, like that's what brought it to the masses. You know. You can't deny that. Look at the numbers. Mm-hmm. That's what did it. So, um, you know, I think as long as it gets out there, I th- it's, it's kind of what we were talking about earlier, like the long game aspect of things. Like, I've only been doing this, like, in the grand scheme of things for, like, probably a year under my own name. I've been playing. I've, I've played in many other bands. Um, had a lot of great opportunities with, with them and played all over the place and met a lot of awesome people and and uh about a year ago i basically you know was like yeah it's time to go ahead and pursue my own thing and so that's kind of the deal i don't i don't expect anything out of this that i'm not doing myself you know i think that's kind of the the difference in reality and and you know pipe dreams you can make a dream a reality but you've got to figure out how to make it like tangible I'm getting way too deep too early, but you know what I'm saying? No, you're not, dude. I mean, this is Porch Talk. Welcome you to the show, Welcome baby. Welcome to Porch Talk, baby. Live from, uh, from, you know. The studio. Yeah, the stew. The Logan Hoke studio. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Something like that. Oh, and uh, we'll get into it in a minute, but man, I mean, sharing some of the recordings that you've done within this room earlier with uh, yeah, I was... your, your buddy, <laughs> uh, McCaffrey, right? Yeah, yeah. JT McCaffrey. Y'all go check him out. Um. He's got some some awesome music out. Wild with me, yeah, I know my listeners down in Mobile, yeah, and Foley and Orange Beach and Gulf Shores probably know him because yeah, 
his music sounds like something that came right out of Florida. Yeah, man, he's he's going up for sure. He's uh, he's got a talented man around him. Um, awesome production. I mean, they're they're a bunch of you know class acts. So I'm super glad to know them. We've written a bunch of really awesome songs uh, the past few weeks too. So I can't wait for y'all to hear those. Those are that's all I, I'm gonna say about that. But I'm really Fair excited enough. about it. But yeah, uh, dude. Like, but uh, to back it up is. Uh... I guess we'll, we'll we'll back up some more after that, but I mean you kind of led into it. Was uh, I'm guessing late high school, college years, you were involved with other people's projects. Yeah. Um. So I think it was it was probably like senior year of high school going into college. Um, I had some a, a really good friend of mine, uh, Cole Ketchum. We uh we'd always you know when we got together talked about music and damn dog. What he missed his role in Pokemon. Cole catch him, yeah, catch him all, yeah. Cole, <laughs> he, yeah, he he gets mad. People call him ketchup. Yeah, he he don't like that. I, but uh, I went to a different place. Yeah, no, it's funny. But uh, yeah, Cole catch him. He uh, he basically, you know, we we would get together and talk about music and just what we liked and um, you know, playing guitar and that kind of thing. And at the time, I was I was getting into you know, I'd always written music. But I hadn't always like pursued being a musician, if that makes sense. I had always written, but not to music. And so I kind of got older, and I was like, I need to figure out how to bridge that gap and learn how to play like guitar for real. And so probably. Uh, so would this be poetry in a sense? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I would. You know, hate to call it poetry, but yeah, poetry. Basically, I've got journals, books, boxes. And, oh, same dude. Yeah. Like I've got, and I can show you when we get done on my phone. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, all most of my notes are just, uh, they're just poems because I don't, yep. I haven't sat down to figure out the music. Yep. So I mean, I'm right there with you on that. Yep. And so, you know, I was, I didn't know really. I knew I was a campfire guitar player, guitar player at the time, and uh, you know, I really uh, wanted to figure out how to kind of bridge that gap and. And kind of be able to write songs for myself and be a good enough guitar player to do what I needed to do, basically. And so, uh, kind of towards the end of high school, I was I really buckled down on that. And long story short, you know, hey, a couple of buddies of mine were, you know, we're starting a band. We need a bass player, and I was like, okay, I'll play bass. You know, I'm not the best musician, but I want to be part of the team. I want to be able to um, contribute to this. And you know, you guys are super talented, so I'd be honored to do it. And so I played bass with them. I bought a. This is the bass right here. I got it over here to the right. Wish we had a camera, but oh. old old uh bought that thing for a hundred bucks from a church. <laughs> it's a nineteen eighty four GNL SB one hundred. But I don't know if that means anything to any bass players out there or whatever. But it's pretty cool, and uh, it's worth a little bit more than hundred dollars. But it's yeah, I love uh, the churches sometimes. Yeah, they didn't know what they had. <laughs> Not at all. And so. Uh, I bought that. And I don't never tell nobody either. Yeah, it's your own problem. Yep. Yeah. Go ahead and get it. I'll go to. It's a, the church, I, but hey. I go. To, I go to estate sales from time to time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's sometimes it's a just a close relative that this guy was in the records or mm-hmm. this guy. Like I'm always going looking for turntables or music equipment. You ever find like Tape decks, uh, stuff like that, right? Old. Uh, like synthesizer type stuff you ever yeah, look for that I mean, that's, i've always thought that's that was what, cool that's what i'm looking for yeah and uh you know i always like start out with uh man i'll give you 50 bucks if it plugs in and works and yeah like, every now and then they'll be like they know what they got because it's been sitting there for 15 years or yeah. 20 years 
It's got yeah. dust on it. But I mean, like, just I don't I don't feel bad for somebody be like, I'll give you a hundred bucks, and like they say, yeah, so. yeah. It had three strings on it. You know, <laughs> it was missing one of the tuning pegs. I had to go get that put in, and um, but yeah, so that's what I did. I played bass with them and kind of helped them. We were actually called the Sips at the time when we first started. The that's good Sips. name. Yeah, we were kind of like, you know. Um, basically just playing Starkville and playing Oxford and college towns. We were in college at the time, and so that's what that was our focus. We didn't really care about anything else. And I just remember kind of trying to book and build out the schedule and figuring out how to like talk to venues and like going from playing acoustic stuff around locally to how do we like build a band? Where do we play? How do we get? How do we get out of Hobies? Yeah, that's where we started. That's the first show we ever played. Yeah, so we uh. We, uh, Cole and, and I actually walked up to Hobie one night, freshman year of college up at Mississippi State, and we were just like, hey, you know, we'd, we'd like to play here. He said, well, I'll give you 300 bucks, you know, bring all your friends. <laughs> and we were like, all right. So we got the whole band, drove up, wasted a bunch of gas. But, I mean, it wasn't wasted, though, because it ended up being a great crowd, and uh, I've got some videos from that night, and super freaking awesome. But, um, yeah, that was kind of the start, and then from there it just kind of, began to grow and um we did a lot of like i said we i mean we did a we did a lot of awesome stuff with with uh the sips and then um later on played with wesley walker and um did some even more awesome stuff with him i had the opportunity to open up for jameson rogers uh john langston um cory smith you know a bunch of really cool folks that's fun yeah and um so you know I super feel like I- Maybe he lost his luster. I don't know, but like Who, back when, when I was in high school and in college, and this is Corey Smith. Ten years. He's ago cool, now. man. He, he was, was the shit, dude. Yeah. Like every time we would go to the Panama City and we were on spring break, mm-hmm. Corey Smith was going. And we were going to listen to his Panama City songs. Which when I was twenty-one. Mm-hmm. He uh, he came through with a three-piece band too. It was him playing acoustic guitar, um, his bass player, super cool cat, you know, real. You know how like those studious looking bass players like got the circle glasses and the you know he was cool cat <laughs> liked him a lot. You know him when we, you see him, folks. yeah man, <laughs> yeah super awesome. But uh, so you know he came through and he had, his drummer was phenomenal too. But I mean three piece band they just it was sounded so good. Um, but yeah him so Wesley and Cole did that one acoustic and I just got to tag along and just hang out with them so super cool. Um, but yeah we we did a lot of awesome stuff. Uh, I remember. You know, a lot of cool times in, in Startwell, too. We opened up, or not opened up, we actually played the uh, national championship after party after Mississippi State won the first ever national championship in a major sport in, in Mississippi history. We were the band for the after party at Rick's. So that was pretty freaking cool. Who, who else can say that? That's pretty pretty awesome. Um, and, yeah, you know, did that for, for a long while. And, and then, um, you know, kind of, Always would, was doing my own thing on the side for the past couple of years and kind of got to the point where I wanted to have my own band and go out and do my own thing. And we were going out into the real world figuring stuff out. And so that's what I did. And here we are basically a year later or so. And That's moving fast, too. I mean, <laughs> I, and I know that you said that, you know, you, you had these books just full of ideas that were, yeah. that were in bloom. You I've just, been... They yeah. pour a little water on it. And mm-hmm. so, I've, man, uh, so... Just hopping in, wanting to play bass for these guys, you had to have some kind of background, man. Where, mm-hmm. did, where did it start? Yeah, exactly. Where, where did me? You don't just 
I think, yeah, I'll play bass. Yep. Where'd you start? Man, <laughs> before that, so, yeah. I guess, I mean, we should start at square one. I I picked up a bunch of different instruments and put them back down is what happened. I, my uh, my grandparents, um, they had a, a bluegrass hall in Polkville, Mississippi called the Music Barn. And so uh, my whole childhood, I was just kind of hanging around there, you know, when I would go visit them and they'd be having bluegrass festivals and um, they called it the Smith County Jamboree and they'd have, have folks come out and, and play and, you know, may, may have seen Billy Strings in there, you never know. Um, but, you know, super cool environment to just kind of hang out at when you're a little kid. And, and I just remember, I remember going to sleep and um, I would hear the kind of thump of the bass, like the, the upright bass, because they'd still be playing. I just hear the dong, dong. When I was in the bed, mm-hmm. that was a cool, cool memory. But um, I wanted to play in, in his band, and I used to just go up on the stage with him and play this, you know, wood guitar that was a decoration. I need to hang that up in here. But um, he was like, you know what? Here's a here's you can play in the band. We need a mandolin player. So he bought me this little Fender right here, this little Fender mandolin, <laughs> and, and uh, they. Uh, you know, signed me up for lessons, and, and I started to take some bluegrass, like, mandolin lessons, and it was an older guy, and, you know, super cool, learned some technique stuff. Bored your mind. Yeah, I was like, man, you know, I, I want to play some, like, something else. You want to rock. Yeah, I want to play rock and roll, you know. And uh, around that same time, too, I was taking some piano lessons, but she was weird. It was lame. She was weird. Um, she, like, would ha- she had a stick, and she would hit your uh, piano if you were doing wrong. She'd be like, whoosh. So, wasn't really Whoa. feeling that. Whoa. Um, but I was like, "Yeah, mom, I don't, I don't want to do I that." Thought she was about to say like she was like a feet person or something. She no, no, nothing crazy. She <laughs> just, she just was kind of, you know, she was old school. She, she, she was like, dude. That's wrong. You know. So we had this. Uh, I don't know what happened, because as far as I know, I don't know anybody from uh, the county I grew up in that tunes pianos anymore. There's mm-hmm. this place called the Music Corner. And you could go there take lessons, and it was kind of that same ordeal to where it was very you yeah. do it this way. It's like a traditional kind of yeah. Thing. And it would like I mean it raised a lot of people who would play piano and organ in churches. Mm-hmm. So they knew what they were doing, and that's awesome. You yeah, gotta gotta have them. Gotta yeah. have them. You know, nobody can do what they do. You know, but uh, I yeah, just it, it wasn't for me at the time, and so I just at that point I was like. You know, I don't really know what I want to play. Um, got a little bit of rhythm. Let me get some drums for Christmas. And so I got a little first act drum set for Christmas and beat the crap out of it. And um, That's where that bass came in to help you, dude. Yeah, I always I heard, I always heard like a, you know, I, I listened to a lot of rap music too when I was like younger, you know, of course, because it's just like, oh, rap was the number one, whatever. And so um, just always listening to rap music all the time and. And kind of the, just the rhythm and all that. So I was like, yeah, I can play bass, even though I didn't really know what I was doing. But I was like, I'm going to figure this out. And um, Yeah, it was kind of weird. I mean, I had background, a little bit of this, a little bit, of, you know. And I had played for several years, like, you know, years going into it of different things. And uh, so I just, I really sat down. And I was at a place in school, too, where I was, uh, you know, just studying all the time. I, I mean, you may think I'm just kidding but i was i was a uh, a microbiology major in school so i was really studying all the time just because i had to to make it through but uh like you know 
I got sick of just studying, and I was like, I have to have some kind of ex- some kind of artistic expression and an excuse to go out on the weekends. So that's the band for you. Microbiology. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I did. Uh, yeah, I wanted to be a dentist in uh, in college. That was my goal. Not but, bad. Uh, not bad. Yeah, but you know, COVID and you know, half a million dollars in loans. I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. So. Mm-mm. Dude, I got a. He just got his master's at state. Uh, he's into quantum computation. Mm-hmm. It's a buddy of mine from Egypt. Dang. And uh, came over here to quantum study. Quantum com- What what is quantum computation? Okay, so Qua- like quantum like our, computers. Our computers not, yes, yes, exactly. And so these computers here run off and or commands one at a time <coughs> with con- with con- with that. With quantum quantum computers, you get both vertically and horizontally, and so you maximize the potential of the computing power. Because it's like three dimensional. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I mean, it just—it's going to change the entire way that we we think about things. And I mean, at first, I think a lot of people were afraid of art by AI. Yeah. Um, I think it's funny to dunk on AI music, uh, especially her name is Anna Indiana. If you want to get a, a good laugh, this is an AI musician, singer, songwriter. And uh, the first song that she shared with us on the world was uh, about, it was dark. It was talking about like how this city let her down and that she wanted to burn it down to the ground. And it almost sounded like an anthem of like, the humans are dead. <laughs> you know, like a fly of the concourse oh, kind of shoot. thing. And it's like, this robot wants to hurt people. Oh, shoot. <laughs> so it's kind of... Well, hey, robots out there, you know? Hey, we love Chill. you. We love you. Yeah, we, we love you. We do. Zero, 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 one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, I, I think, think that, you know? yeah, hey, I mean, we're just, you know, we're, we're interfacing with the internet, with the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I'm talking to y'all, too. <laughs> yeah. One, I'm zero, one, 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 one. <laughs> Oh, but <laughs> but yeah, you got uh, you got a laughing body. Yeah, one little woman. Yeah, uh, but uh, but yeah. So I mean, that was that was the that's what it is. That's the story, pretty much. Um, you know, just kind of a combination of like bunch of bunch of good buddies and and um bunch of hard work. To be honest, that's that's basically what it's been so far, and. We've done a lot of cool stuff this year. I mean, you know, I mean, started this podcast off three thousand something listeners. I mean, it's not a bad uh, place to start with no promotion. You know, no, I'm not out there peddling myself on TikTok. I'm not, you know, I mean, I'm posting maybe me singing every three months, but you know, I that's something that which I don't know really. You know, your direct audience, um, but I mean, I, I would imagine musicians listen to this, and that's yes. kind of a question that. I ask myself all the time is is kind of the frequency of, of what I post what at and um you know how much that kind of impacts what's going on. Social media is so important and what I'm kind of telling people anybody that I come across nowadays is like social media is super important but it's also very complex and it's like it's not just you and your phone anymore. It's people with production crews. Like if you think the people you're watching that have millions of likes don't know what they're doing at least sort of editing videos and you know lighting and they you know what i'm saying like 
if you're an artist and you want to, you know, basically, um, you know, do stuff that's that people really kind of pay attention to, then that kind of professional, you know, appeal is the way to go. I mean, if it, if it takes longer, just take your time, you know, make it look good. I'm still figuring that out, obviously, but you know, that's kind of. I mean, just with that's that where I'm is, at. Uh, like the the record that we made, it was. It was shot during COVID in living rooms, recorded in bedrooms, recorded in garages. Yeah. Different experiences. Mm-hmm. But that is the kind of art that I appreciate. And yeah. so with the video quality that I do for this show, when I do video, mm-hmm. I'm not looking for the highest quality because like, right. that's not my brand. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. And yeah. like a lot of people don't think about... It depends like, on you, what you're doing. You also yeah. need to be thinking about like, who is my targeted audience? Because like... A lot of the things that I do are niche. Like I know that this podcast is not for it. It's not for everybody. Uh, but the people that it is, for, they're they're finding it, and they're sharing it with other people like them. I mean, talking about the Spotify Wrapped is uh, just on Spotify, which is my third or second biggest streamer, biggest ones Apple Podcast. Mm-hmm. But uh, on Spotify, we had a three hundred and twenty four percent growth with yeah, listeners that's huge and so 97 on spotify this was their favorite podcast and then top five 342 people like mm-hmm. it was on their rotation man that's that's a you know in that i feel like i mean this a lot of people don't say this but you know reality is important too you know you have to start wherever you are to figure out where you need to go i mean every time that we pick up anything like we pick up a microphone and the interface and we're making this podcast like we all imagine that we're just joe rogan yeah like exactly yeah you you automatically get the peak i mean it's that same idea of like Mm -hmm. when you're a kid well dude i just knew i was gonna be playing for the atlanta braves yeah and then like you hit about 10th grade and you'd be like this is not gonna be a reality you're like man that guy is throwing 105 miles an hour you know (laughs) Yeah, I mean, even like stepping in the music is like, dude, it's no sweat. I'm redheaded. I'm gonna be the next Ed Sheeran. I know this, and uh, you just gotta let it rip. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it goes back to what you said earlier. Of sometimes the right person finds it, and you get right in. Sometimes it takes maybe going to an American Idol or The Voice, mm-hmm. just to yeah, a platform. Yeah, someone the platform. Even if you don't win, it don't matter. Yep. Yep. Just Absolutely. to get in front of the right person. Uh, yeah. But, like, on the production side of things, man, like, you're absolutely right. Uh, very seldom is it a one-man crew. Mm-hmm. That's what people don't realize. And if that's, a, you know, if you want to become, you know, whatever you want to become, you, you've got to, like, be real with yourself and kind of figure out. And I'm I'm talking to myself too. I'm not talking to anybody specifically. Like I know what I'm talking about either. I just want to preface that. Uh, He's holding up a piece of paper right now. <laughs> yeah. He's got a degree. In I'm reading. I'm reading. Uh, no, but I mean, you've got to be real with yourself to to kind of um figure out the trajectory of whatever it is you're spending your time doing because everybody's got a limited amount of hours in a day. If you think you're spending it a certain way. But you don't have confirmation that you are, then you don't. You may be wasting time. You don't realize you're wasting and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I There's mean, a, there were a lot of times like early on this point is, um, man. When if you're working a full time job and being a musician successfully touring, 
southeast, the state itself, or whatever that looks like, I think you're doing great. Yeah. Uh, now, when it comes to being like a full-time musician, and I consider like music with a full-time job is working overtime. Yeah. And like sometimes when you're in a band, always. it always sucks, and you find them quick when you have the person in the group or in the band that's not taking it as serious as everybody else. Right. And that's a tough conversation. It's a job. I've, and, and people don't look at it that way. Yeah. They think it's 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 a party. Yeah. You gotta. I've had to. You gotta have conversations like with people, and um, you know, you've also. I feel like you know, and this is something I'm, I'm guilty of as well. I do like to have a good time. So, but um, you've got to kind of give an example of what you expect too. I feel like you know that's 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 very big, um, and have kind of a team around you that they know that when it's when it's time to come together and accomplish something, you know, it's go time. Like it's fun. It's all. It's great. We play in bars. You know, you get to drink when you're playing. I mean, I, you name know. another job where you get to <laughs> name do another that. job where you can do that. But um, you know, I mean, it's it's not all fun and games. It's calculated and every. I mean, it's you know where we're at basically now is how do you go? We were talking about this earlier too. How do you go from being a cover band and and playing cover shows? I love to play cover songs. Don't get me wrong. I love to play a lot of these bars. There's not a lot of opportunities to. Uh, you know, start off having original shows these days anywhere. So you've got to play cover shows. That's one thing that a few of us are really working hard in, like in Hattiesburg and in my neck of the woods in Columbus, mm-hmm. is building songwriter nights, which need to quickly evolve into like bands with original music. Yeah. And also not to play them to death. I don't have yeah. anything against playing a three, four hour set, but I tell you, buddy, I'm tired of myself after 40 minutes. Yeah. And Me so, too. and that's another thing. Is like uh, a game. I want forty five minutes mm-hmm. and get out. And it's a show. Yes. It's not. It's not a gig. It's not. Yeah. What are we playing next? It's boom, boom, boom. Yeah, you're ready. Right. Um, and so, and it's getting people to think about that. But you're right, man. And I have few, uh, few friends who've done it. And like you said, covers. Throw in your originals. More originals. Half the set is original, three quarters. Uh, we're just throwing in our best covers now. That's a great place to be, but hard to get there. Yep. Especially if you fall into, like, um, if you ever play deadhead stuff. Yeah. Because, like, you, one deadhead. It's a rabbit hole, man. If, if one deadhead hits a Grateful Dead song, you're a Grateful Dead cover band. Yeah. And the moment you begin to get away from you lose them. And so yeah. it's almost like rebuilding the fan base. Yeah, I've got, <laughs> man. <laughs> we uh we talk about the Grateful Dead a lot. We to my buddy Ty and, and me, he's he's taught me a lot about the value of what they did and and you know honestly just how they kind of built I mean if you really if you really think about it, them and the New York Yankees are the two most recognizable logos besides Nike or Apple in the world. You no know? doubt. Think about that. Or maybe the American flag. <laughs> you know, people know the the Grateful Dead everything they just they, they don't know realize the skull, that, they know the bears yeah i remember growing up uh you know being like i know that's something but i don't know what it is you know what i mean yeah. it's like you are you know it's almost like uh you know man niece's nephews wearing nirvana shirts 10 11 years yeah old. or metallica that's huge too no idea who that is yeah it's, it's just a cultural thing name five songs you know I, would, <laughs> I, I don't do that to people but yeah i do feel that <laughs> I mean, I don't know five songs. Put them on blast. (laughs) 
I don't know. I probably could think of five if I thought real hard. But you know, um, I mean, but yeah, I mean, to that to that point too. I mean, from my perspective too, as an artist, I'm I'm sitting here constantly. I'm thinking like, what are we going to do next? To my main goal is just constantly growing. However little little or big that is as long as there's movement and as long as it's calculated and that there's an overall plan you know to me at this moment that is that's the goal is to to continue to grow always um and i think kind of you know i mean it's important that you accumulate your own your own music the only way you're going to do that is to take time off of doing cover band shows unfortunately i know it's it's great to have and that extra not, income, and, you know. And let, yeah, let's not kid ourselves. Like playing those covers, it pays great. Yeah, and well, that's it, what people are willing to pay for. Yeah, you know? and it is. It's sad that we got there. Yeah. I don't know how that happened. But, yeah, yeah, that's it's unfortunate, especially in a in a state such as this that values and is proud of its heritage right. when it comes to music. You would think that There's, it would it'd want to celebrate, right? And there, there are places that do. I'm not. Yeah, that's a comp. That's a real complicated thing too. I thought a lot about it. There's a lot to unpack because if you get down in the nitty gritty of it, you know, you have to have a market. And here, there's not a market, unfortunately. Like, it's, you know, I live in Jackson, Mississippi, or near Jackson, Mississippi, in Brandon, and um, you know, it's there's a lot of folks that move away, unfortunately. You know, so that's just that kind of small town. You know people going off and going wherever that kind of age group of people that would be at these bars that would be in the nightlife that would be supporting live music and latching on to bands and supporting them they're moving off to nashville themselves they're moving to birmingham they're moving to memphis because i know off the top of my head like 30 people that that's exactly what they did you know you would have thought they'd stay here but they don't and so i'll tell you something too those, yeah. pe- those people typically have one thing in common what they're successful <laughs> <laughs> they were smart enough to get out. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. One day, dude, I'm I definitely woke, too I woke dumb up to get and out. I was scratching my head, and I was like, "Where the hell did everybody? <laughs> Where'd they oh. go?" Oh. Yeah. I know, <laughs> I know man. No, I, I like it here, though. It's it's a little slower, and you know, my my grandparents are here, and my family's here. Oh, um, well, we on your stomping grounds, huh? Yeah, we're down the street from from my family, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's so. You know, how do you accumulate material is, is kind of the main the main deal. And it's it's first of all, it's like, you know, as a as a musician, at least in, in my experience, I'm like, all right, when I'm starting out, I'm like, okay, I know I can write, you know, this certain way. How do I figure out melodies? How do I, you know, how do I orchestrate this overall picture and paint this vivid picture or something and figure out the better way to do it because that's the thing you can write a song you can record it and not realize it sounds terrible because you're so passionate about it as well that's another thing you know and so to me i'm like how do you kind of figure out you know a balance between you know what you put out there what should be put out there and but yeah (laughs) yes sir um but you know Sorry, anybody who's listening, he's he's grabbing me another brewski. Not talking to myself. Uh, Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola, yeah. Ice cold Coca-Cola. Yeah. We play by the books here. Thank you, good sir. Um, But yeah, I mean, how do you accumulate material and what kind of material do you want to accumulate? And you can go even deeper to that and say what material is most important. 
we can go deep you know because let's go well i mean because you get down to it these days tiktok is unfortunately more important than how you perform live in you know sit you know kind of the the world we live in because that's what people are mostly consuming new music on they're they they may not be at a bar but they're going to be on their phone on their lunch break at work watching so and so sing something you know it's you're more accessible so it's more important Man, almost young, younger people are more um impressed and i guess love or adore someone such as a mr beast yeah, he's huge. Are the the YouTubers? I remember the Paul brothers, the, uh, no, the Note Boys. Yeah, like I was showing you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, massive. Uh, like what they've done is insane. I think people live vicariously through them, and they I mean, do. people, including me. I'm, <laughs> you know, but cool. And when you run into someone, like I remember, I had. Uh, He's gonna he's he's gonna be a legend. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up in like some kind of a hall of fame. Mm-hmm. He played a show in my kitchen, yeah. and and I tried I tried to express to a friend of mine, a little younger than me, and I was like, "You'll never see this again." <laughs> yeah, and you don't know it, but this, holy shit, this is pretty incredible. Yeah, didn't care. Okay, three years later, sends me a text message. Check these guys out. Yeah, and I was like, he played in my kitchen. You were there. He played the same set. Yeah. <laughs> and You, you heard many, it before it was recorded. How many years ago was that, too? <laughs> three. So that's just a testament, too, to how far that came and how much material they probably accumulated during that period of time too that's what they were doing and also figured it out we hadn't even named what we're talking about when's the song finished dude when when does it finish yeah yeah and everyone's different never i don't think so either and you know some people will say you know well when you when you finally when you finally upload it put it on spotify as a single or or when the cd or the record comes out or uh, well, I knew it was finished the first time I played it live. I, I think everyone has the opportunity to be a little different. Yeah. Always. You're just trying to always get better. It's like, to me, this whole music, just in general, is an opportunity to explore something I don't quite fully understand. That's pretty deep, but that is uh, essentially how I look at it. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's pretty powerful in itself, too, because it, it, you know, it'll fire you up. You're like, you don't you don't know what opportunities are around every kind of corner, and you don't know who you may meet. We would have never met if it wasn't for no. I mean, think what what are the circumstances? I, I saw your name. Like, on, I would see your name on the marquee. I think I've seen it on the marquee at Rick like twice. Yeah. And my my job side is like I could throw a rock and hit that sign. Mm-hmm. So you see it all the time. Yeah, and so like I would Google who you were, and I'm like, oh, cool. But yeah, when we. When you when you came on to be on the Man Up show, like back to the way that we began this episode was, you know, nah. yeah, we wouldn't have crossed paths. Mm-mm. It's because I mean you're going out of your way. He came all the way down here to you know do this podcast. I mean that's the type of stuff that you've got to do. You know to to be able to start. Well, I mean, we're in Mississippi. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we don't have we don't have the pre-existing infrastructure for creative 
Um, Dude, some of my favorite podcasts and some of my biggest, like, you would have seen where these guys were a year or two ago. Yeah. It's pretty they wild. Were, they were kicking a shit can down the street, brother. Yeah. They didn't have anything. Yeah. And now exactly. they're podcasting full time. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. That's wild. And they, and they built their comedy around it. Yeah. And they, I mean, they have brands and they have merchandise and it's a whole business. Mm-hmm. And they slowly bring people in to make it better. And I was like, that's the same thing as the music industry. Yep. Yeah, and but you finally figured it out. Yeah, and like we talked about on the Man Up podcast too, the you know how fighting similar too. I mean, even you know some of the better prospects that you've got, you know, may not get looked at because of certain factors and things like that. I mean, you may have somebody in music that can sing <coughs> like nobody's business, but you know, record labels don't always just look at talent. They don't always look at you know how the person looks. It's it's all just numbers. It's all just how do you pay the bills and how do you make them money, unfortunately. I mean, and they can butter it up however they, they want. And, you know, that's just the business world in general. That's America. but That's, char- <laughs> that's charisma. Yeah, you know. And that, that's another part of it, too, man. Like, I've met a lot of people who I thought their art or what they did was impressive. But when I had the opportunity to shake their hand and talk to them for a minute, I wish I never met them. Yeah. Just it, it ruined everything for me, like. Completely, they weren't what you thought, like they weren't engaged with you, and yeah, yeah. you felt let down. Mm -hmm. You felt let down because of what the picture you had in your head going into it. Yeah, they say don't meet your your heroes, right? Yeah, they do say that. Man, I've been fortunate enough to meet a few of mine, and they never let me down. What, which heroes have you met? I mean, one of them I told you about, like, uh, to play to my kitchen, yeah, uh, and another one is making what's what's his uh, what's his name, a partridge. A and another one, probably my favorite musician. Uh, this will be his third time playing my music festival, Taylor Hollinsworth. I was on the phone, like, I got off the phone with you. I hopped on the phone with him for a little bit. Like, and, like, I'll send, and the amount of respect <laughs> I give to these guys, dude, I'm telling you, is, like, uh, first time we met, like, they played, we did this podcast, and I, I played one or two of my songs. I was like, man, I'm... I want to see what you think. Cause we we kind of hit it off. Where I, I felt like we was like, you're an artist. What do you think about this? Is it shit? And I've, Be real with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they were being nice or not. Yeah. But what they said meant the world to me. I hear that. That's Man, that's something we, you know, when you're, when you're going and creating stuff and you don't have kind of a gauge to, you're just blindly creating. I love people that give me the honest straight up, like, hey, man, this sucks. <laughs> You know, that's that's so important. Dude, my latest thing lately is um, younger musicians. Uh, I mean, the the video that we saw earlier with the chick auditioning for American Idol. Yeah. Like I said it before Katy Perry said it. I was like, that's airy. Yeah, she, yeah. She needs to come. Yeah, from, yeah. Sing from your diaphragm. Yeah. Your diaphragm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and even like, man, I've, I've gotten to a point now to where like, some front men need to put the guitar down and just be a front man. Yeah, yeah. And that's Me. really and that's really hard for some people. <laughs> yeah, man. But, like, yeah. but for someone to be that honest with you and knowing it's gonna piss you off right. and it's gonna hurt your pride, but it's a damn truth sometimes, yeah. you know. And if if it's like, you know, this direction or whatever, I mean, it's a delicate thing too, because that's the whole deal. Like I was saying earlier, something you don't quite understand. That's the deal with like being an artist in general is you, you really are, you don't know exactly what you're doing, no matter how many times you've done it. You don't know exactly how, you don't know exactly what you're doing. Um, you've done a variant of it, but 
Well, I mean, think about like the the story you referenced earlier with playing after the national championship. Yeah. For Mississippi State baseball happened. Mm-hmm. How many people were at that party just to celebrate what their team or what their hometown had done? Or how many people were there to hear you? They were all there for Mississippi State. But at that <laughs> moment, vicariously, I mean, you <laughs> yeah. had an opportunity. Exactly. And that you end up in those kind of situations, and that energy, too, meshes with what you're doing as an artist or creative. Like, when you when you collaborate and you, like, are out there doing things with people that are, you know, also pursuing um, – you know, their dreams, and you end up kind of, the energy rubs off. That's kind of the deal, and stuff like that. I mean, people aren't there to see. Uh- you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Us. They're there to see, you know, whatever's going on at the party at Rick's for the national championship after party. I mean, but the fact is we're the band playing. You know, that's kind of the – that's the really cool, you know – what an opportunity, man! Exactly, you know that that type of deal, and I mean, you know, just like us at the, we were talking about um, this past uh, September. Um, you know, my my band had the opportunity to uh, we uh, we played the Mississippi State um, tailgate for the Mississippi State Alabama game at, oh, in Starkville. I saw some footage. Maybe you'll see that sometime soon, everybody. Yeah, and it uh, looks sharp, man. Yeah. And speaking of having someone with talent behind you, man. Pays off to have a friend who knows how to do the ones and zeros yeah, like that. Exactly, man. Hey, shout out to Nick Barrett, baby. He uh so I've I've you know, that that's like all important. You've gotta have somebody that you can communicate with that that um, you know, kinda can help you get to where you wanna go as far as, you know, um, you know, how it comes across at a show. You never know what opportunities are gonna come your way. You've gotta have somebody that can help you to produce material. You know what I mean? So if you've got any kind of friends that honestly, this is good advice because um, somebody gave this to me. But if you've got any friends that maybe dabble in like you know videoing or whatever, just get them to video you doing whatever it is you're doing. You know, if you're a musician, get them to video you. Oh, I'm playing at the Mexican restaurant. If you're if you're like in you know whatever it is you're doing, just get some footage of you doing it, and then you'll kind of like be able to kind of judge yourself. You know what I'm saying? That's dude. how it starts. And having a nerd friend right now that has a drone. Yeah. I love, dude, I am addicted to like <laughs> like short reels or music videos yeah. where 
it was done with a drone. And I was like, man, this is cool. Yeah, he like uh, one moment you're sitting like on a I don't know a gazebo with mm-hmm. this singer songwriter with him and his guitar, and then you zoom out and it's like you see the whole downtown behind. Yeah, you, you know. Yeah, it's like man, that's that's wicked. It's crazy what they can do, man. I I love it. Uh, when I was, I remember I went on my like one of the first. Yes, sir. One of the first dates I ever went on in my life, you know, the girl I was I was with, she said, what do you want to do when you grow up? I was like, you know, we were, we were like 15 or something. I just, no, we were 16 because I had my driver's license, so I picked her up and everything. Uh, she said, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I, I said, I want to be a movie director. <laughs> that was your last date? <laughs> she said, don't you think that's kind of a long shot? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that was our last date, <laughs> but, but, uh. I really, when I was like, when I was younger too, I, I, you know, would film everything. You can ask any of my friends, like, I filmed everything I did when we were on four-wheelers riding mud holes or whatever that I've got. Did you grow up watching Jackass? I, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that has anything to do with it. It might, because it may, maybe. Because sh- we, did, we did that shit too yeah. growing up. Like, it shows you, you can, f- like, because they were just walking around with camcorders too. Yeah, like, doing dumb shit. They didn't but have you don't have to do dumb shit. You can yeah. do cool shit. You just film yourself doing whatever. Yeah, it don't even matter. It's just content. But uh, yeah, there's I've got all those old iPhones. I'm hopefully you know they still work. I need to go pull all the stuff off of them. But um, but yeah, I was always filming stuff, and that was kind of what I I wanted to be able to kind of express myself in that way. And I didn't know what I was talking about being a movie director or whatever. But um, but yeah, that was I've always been interested in that side of stuff too. And I think that's why Nick and I you know gel so well because we. Man, I y'all go check out. I've got a I've got a song out. I put out in 2020. It was the first song I ever put out. I didn't really have a, a grasp of like my sound. I didn't really know exactly what um, you know my plan was like sonically and all that kind of stuff. So I just meshed it all together. And I had been listening to a lot of Chris Stapleton and that kind of thing at the time. And so something's got a hold of me. Came out of that. And uh, you know, oh, great music video. Yeah, y'all y'all check it out. It's it's out on a. Uh, it's out on YouTube and all that kind of stuff, but matter of fact, there'll be some footage um, from this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep, it was the opener. That's right. Yep, I did play that song earlier. How about them apples? <laughs> yeah, look at there. Uh, but we got together and and basically, um, like I remember, we shot we shot everything. It was all down to the second, and and we kind of talk about this on. It's not out yet. It may never come out. I have no idea. But we do have an episode somewhere with some, you know some uh dialogue about this where we're basically just breaking down um you know kind of how we did it when we were just a bunch of kids we didn't know what what we were doing we just knew what we thought we had to do and we had every single minute of the day blocked out so because everything if you really look at the uh it's crazy <laughs> like y'all definitely go watch the video it if you look at the time of day the first like shot in the video was filmed the second day we were filming and stuff like that, we had we had timed out based on the uh, sunlight, because the, the basically the story of the video is just going through your daily life on the farm, like waking up, getting your coffee, going out, checking the cows. It's not no animals were harmed. Yeah, no animals were harmed in the making, but it's real simple. But it's all chronological, right? So we had to take into account, hey, where's the sun at? So I mean, we were like eighteen year old kids. And- you know, and to Nick think, freaking to think killed about it. that. You know, oh man, to have I mean, that to have that foresight because most people are like, oh yeah, I get it done. 
Yeah, and I mean Nick. He's gonna be drinking his coffee at eight p.m. Yeah, because that makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, right. We had, I mean, we had to, we had to take that into account, and and uh, Nick had a spreadsheet, man, with the with the minutes, and he was, hey, we need y'all over here. Let's get, you know. And uh, I mean, there's a reason he's working on movie sets now. That's all I gotta say. He does the uh, the media for. Um, I, I guess I can say this is Southeastern Louisiana University. Um, he does their sports media, but uh, he he's been on movie sets and that kind of thing. But that's, that's where he started. That was the first music video he ever did. Was mine. It was crazy. So How about them apples. And I mean, to that point, dude, I've I've recently caught up with him. Shout out to you, Dusty Gibson. Spent three episodes with him. Um, talking about spent the first one talking about formidable years because mm-hmm. he had told me a story and I just it was mind blowing to me like where he came from what he accidentally fell into by the jobs he was picking up as he was growing up mm-hmm. like uh, what, print, kind of, what kind of jobs well he learned how to be a mechanic he learned how to weld and then the next thing you know he was working on movie sets at, or yeah. play sets he knows how to do He's a jack of all trades. He's a jack of all trades, and now it's important on a movie set. And now he builds the rigs for the Super Bowl. That's badass. That's <laughs> badass. Um, you know. Yeah. And like so, first date, I'm gonna be a movie director. Hey. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but did, we're, Nick's. We're gonna leave it to Nick. Yeah, we're gonna leave it to Nick. Yeah, um, Nick and. And a shout out also to Noah Martin. He does a lot of the the media for JT McCaffrey, and he's done some stuff for me. Great guy, also. He he um very talented uh, creator. But um you know I mean I I think that's super important. You, I mean moral of the story I feel like with with like me anything if if I've got something to offer it's basically just try to surround yourself with high value people, or don't you know don't expect to get value is is basically it you know expect to stay where you're at unless you're surrounding yourself with high value people that are going to contribute to your to your success and uh you know i'm very blessed to, to be surrounded by a bunch of bunch of uh you know real cool cats but uh but yeah i mean media is super important i, I want to be a movie director obviously i'm not a movie director um maybe one day you never know i mean but for now, I'll just direct my... Uh, He's a music director. Yeah. I'll, I'll just be like, hey, let's come on out. Let's do this uh, Let's do this show. Hey, let's when do you this take video. the band out for shows, who drives? Uh, most of the time, Ty. Really? Yeah, because we're taking his car most of the time right now. Fair enough. Yeah. Why? Well, you seem like the guy that would drive. The guy that was driving. No, I stay awake. I do stay awake. I talk most of the time, probably. You can ask most, most everybody. I do that. Um but yeah, no. Ty drives. He likes to drive so he can play the music. That's really why he drives. If I'm being honest, that's that's Who not. Whoever rides shotguns, the DJ. That's that's common law. What the hell? In his car, he's the DJ. Well, it's his car. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I'm not complaining. Hey, you don't play bad music. He don't play bad music. Um. Yeah, I know some of the. Uh, uh, shout out to you, buddy. Um, like we got to talking about some of the the music that he was into. Uh, first time that we met, and I was like. Hey, he be knowing some things. Oh, T Bait? Yeah. Yeah, he knows some things. He does. <laughs> that's that's my boy. He uh he's a huge man, he like I was telling you, he he taught me about the uh the dead a little bit. I didn't know anything crazy, right? So mm. I didn't I was like, you know, what's the deal? I saw he had this book on his uh his coffee table and it was like everything I learned about business I learned from the Grateful Dead and I was like, 
what? Like, what's that? Not- I mean, a hippie knew this? Yeah. He had, and he was like, yeah, that was a book from a class I took in, in uh, college. I can't remember the he class. He had a deadhead professor? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he went to Ole Miss. So probably. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, um, so, but he was like, yeah, you know, this is this was our textbook. You need to read it. So I went and bought it. <laughs> but uh, But, yeah, I mean... You know, he taught me about about kind of how they looked at at stuff. I mean, one of the one of the valuable things I kind of took from that was, you know, back in the day, you know, people didn't have all the technology obviously that we have today. We're probably talking to y'all through you know Spotify or Apple Music or whatever it is. I mean, nobody you had to literally put in some kind like a, a record on a you know whatever it's called turntable. And put the needle on it and crank it up. I mean, to hear anything. Otherwise, somebody was playing live for like a long time in history. If you really think about it, I mean, that was, you know, we we take that for granted. I feel like because iPods came out in like 2006 or whatever, and we just all think that it's all been streaming the whole time and it's automatic and just in our face. But music wasn't always that. And um, anyway, so for a time, I mean, it was it was real taboo for people to record live performances, and uh. Jack White won't even let you in on your phone. Yeah, it's a some artists just totally just say, "Hey, no phones, no recording, nothing." And and uh, the Grateful Dead took the opposite approach back in the day. Hey, everybody they, they said, "Y'all record us and show everybody y'all know." And guess, like we were talking about earlier in the podcast, that's one of the most recognizable brands in mm-hmm. hu- like human history. You've got the cross. <laughs> yeah, you've got. I mean, seriously, you have the cross. You've got the Yankees logo. You have, I mean, what else did I say? The Nike, mm-hmm. like I mean, Air Jordan, you know, I mean, stuff like that. Obviously, Apple, but then I mean, everybody so- has Soldier come boy. across, yeah, Soldier Boy, Walk a Flock, all of them. Everybody's, you know, it's, it's, it's all brand recognition, and they're one of the biggest ones ever, you know, because they were just like, yeah, film us, um, you know, do what you want, uh, and and. The wall of sound. There's a lot to unpack. I'm was, not going to go down the whole rabbit the, hole. but That was going to be the greatest contribution that I was going to make. <laughs> yeah. was. The wall of sound. That's what made it sound so good. I there, There's a... <laughs> and it's not forgotten. Uh, Jack White does it now. Yeah. Uh, many of the... You look, God, I ain't even going to... Wall of sound is fucking important. I could talk, I could talk 45 minutes about yeah, the Yeah, it's a rabbit... It's, I'm telling you, it's a rabbit hole. Uh, but... Phil Spector was probably, and he was fucking nuts. Uh, he produced one of the Beatles albums, Abbey Road. I, no, that's a pretty large album. Uh, maybe the white one, but uh, that's, that's also a pretty large album. But uh, Paul McCartney hated Phil Spector. Why he hated John Lennon? Loved him. I, I think Paul just, you know, who Phil Spector was right. I mean, I've he was heard crazy. He's crazy as a loon. He just was he killed somebody. Who to kill? Hmm. I think he choked out a girlfriend. Damn, what'd she do? Wife. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> Not for me. I don't so remember I at the time. I didn't mean to drill but you. But there, there was a, uh, he kept a pistol in the studio while he was recording the Beatles. He shot the uh, thermostat off the wall. Must have been hot in there. I don't know what the fuck was going on. But he was a lunatic, but he was one of the first people that, in my opinion, when it came to the recording side of things, that was big on the wall of sound. Yeah. Was he one of the guys that kind of figured out all the stereo effects they were using? Yep. That's that's major, too. 
I don't, man, I, that was, that's, a, and it, I mean, y'all, uh, y'all that, I, we're talking to pretty much musicians. Okay, so, all right, y'all listen up. So, y'all know how Studio A, right? Dave Cobb owns in Nashville. Mm-hmm. It's where, you know, obviously Chris Stapleton's, he's, Chris Stapleton has recorded uh, Traveler from A Room 1, from A Room 2. I don't know that the last two albums were recorded there. Pretty sure they were, because Dave Cobb produced them. But... Uh, the whole story with Dave Cobb is, is pretty cool. At least from what you know, what I was kind of, what I've been told is, you know, from what I understand is like that studio. I, that's where Johnny Cash recorded. That's where like the Beatles may have recorded at some point, and it came up for sale in Nashville, and he bought it, and uh, he like you know basically just bought the book on how to record like the Beatles. Yeah. And so that was his whole thing, and that's really cool because. You know, from like in a you know sound kind of uh, conversation. I mean, the Beatles kind of sound living today. The best example of that is like how you know Stapleton Records sound, how it's live, how it's driven, how it's like full, all that kind of stuff. It's all that same technique. It's the stereo kind of, you know, mixing, and I mean, it just sounds amazing. You know, no matter, same kind of deal though. No, know? no matter your opinion on them, whether I mean, I think people dislike the Beatles just because they think it's edgy or something. Regardless, if you of, just like Beatles, then shut you. up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, shut up. Uh, like I said, I think they're just trying to be edge lords or something. But like, you put your emotion aside, like your thoughts on the Beatles, and just you can't tell me that the way that it was recorded. Same with Chris Stapleton. Uh, when Chris Stapleton comes up on a playlist, I know immediately in five seconds because of the draw. Yeah, it, it has a draw. So it sounds. It draws you in. It's live, like, and it's live recorded. That's what's insane. Have you ever listened to, um, you know, in, Tra- in uh, Traveler at the end of it, you know, cry, sometimes I cry? Well, that was best recording off the record. They recorded that at his album release party. That's a live recording from his album release party. Did you know that? Did not know that. That's why at the end, his wife was like, woo, baby, good job. Listen to it. Seriously. It's, there you go. That was live. So, shout out to Chris Tableton. I mean, he doesn't need a shout out. He's the, I mean. He's top dog. Holy cow. But, but yeah, I mean, you know. I have a theory on him. What's that? You familiar with uh, the band he had before? Steel Drivers or the Jobson Brothers? My man is well educated. I was thinking Steel Drivers. We're Rainbows Never Die is probably my favorite yeah. song by them. I uh, played that at the Music Barn a couple times. Did you? Yeah. Very cool. But, um. He's seen the step right out of that into being Chris Stapleton that we know today after uh, Travis Tritt. Two voices very similar, to, in my opinion. I know what you mean. Uh, but he was just right for the job. Yeah. And I think, like, throughout, if you think of music as a machine. Yeah, it's which, true. It's true. And they want to keep that roll call. Yeah. I think that's why you see, like, uh, and maybe they did it just because they wanted to. I think there's a reason why Blink-182 just put out an album. You think? Yeah. It's. I mean, there's some science They're to it. They're in their 40s, late 40s, and it still sounds like a whiny teenager. I'm not hating. I like Blink-182, yeah. but that is that is their sound. Yeah. In the car, I just can't wait to pick you up. Yeah. We're going to the rock show. Yeah, that's high school shit. Yeah. You're 45. And you're yeah. still doing it. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, 
you know if, if it ain't broke don't fix it that's true that's true <laughs> um yeah now i mean going back to the i mean we, we've taken a long gap since exiting this conversation but the uh yeah. you know talking about kind of the like stylistically what i wanted to do with something's got a hold of me i mean that's why i really decided to kind of start there that raw kind of you know sound my was, favorite song of his right now and it, i hate to interrupt you but it kind of reminded me at parts uh with your song was i think you should leave the the pops yeah like you had pops throughout yeah which in a raw recording is i was like that's very uh sought after yeah you want that you want that yeah yeah um you know it's 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 real important to be able to like do something live you know (laughs) like if if you're gonna write a song that's and that's where um but basically so like stylistically, I mean, something got a hold of me. That kind of sound is is a you know for me at the time was a good place to start because I didn't know where I wanted to take it and I needed something that I could you know um, be able to grow from. And and at the time, I mean, like I said earlier, I was listening to a lot of Chris Stapleton, a lot of you know that kind of thing at the time, and um, gave me a great place to kind of go off of and. Man, I don't know where we're headed now, but I'm excited. That's all I know. We've been, I've been working really hard, but um, this is, I mean, literally, I mean, this is actually the beginning. People don't understand that. This is actually the beginning. Man, outside looking in when I was here and, like, getting to know you, if I didn't know any better, I would say, like, I guess you had a damn good mentor or whatever, because it seems like y'all are fairly experienced when it comes to, like, what's your... Whatever you're aiming at, you're aiming, you're aiming true. Because, uh, I mean, man, you'll have some I've, horror stories. Red Hot Band. Yeah. Young, dumb, full of cum. Signs a god-awful record deal. Gets absolutely. And gets absolutely wrecked. Taken advantage of. Yep. And then by the time they work themselves out or they can get a lawyer involved or whatever <clears> else, <throat> the creativity is dead. Yeah, man, that's the most important thing I, I I think to keep intact. Like, and I'm I'm kind of at a point too where, um, you know, we like this past year we played a lot of shows and I had a lot of awesome opportunities to to travel and and play in a lot of really cool places. We played in Kansas City, we played in uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas, we played in uh, you know Memphis, Tennessee, all you know all over the place just you know and it was basically you know i was i kind of had the mentality of like that we have this opportunity we've got to basically do whatever we can to make the most of this now because we don't have time to get ready we have to become ready now and so now basically a year later you know i'm kind of in a little bit of a different headspace where I, you know, would rather look at it a little more calculated. Um, I think that there's a lot of awesome opportunities and, and, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of places to grow all over the place. And I think that takes some thought to figure out, <laughs> you know what I mean? So kind of taking a second now, I mean, we've been, I've been writing nonstop, you know, for the past. He showed me. Yeah. I've just been, I've been cooking and, um, Good lord, man! The work ethic is insane. Yeah, shout out, shout out to it, man. Thank you, man. Uh, man, I found early days when I was uh, 
having trouble of keeping myself in line. I've, I don't really do it now, but I kind of know my trajectory and I know what I'm doing. I, I've been doing it long enough. It, I think it was me. Uh, I've been doing it long enough now to where I know I know my boundaries. I know what I'm willing to do. I know what I won't do. And also I know like what kind of people I want to talk to. Right. And so, but like vision boards at the beginning was huge for keeping me on track. Yep. But all, and also like I think we've said this before, but to be realistic, like dude, in three months, if I don't have a hundred thousand uh, downloads, I'll kill myself. Yeah. Be realistic. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> unless you're, <laughs> unless you're like first guess is Drake. Yeah, like it's man, it's people. Um, I mean, in this day and age too, I'm not going to say it's watered down because there's a lot of really original like people that I see all all the time like on TikTok that I think are awesome that would have never become something if it weren't for that type of platform and I think that's awesome but at the same time there's so many people out there if you've even got like a glimmer of maybe musical talent I feel like nowadays because the entry level to be a musician is a little lower in some you know some ways that so many people are like which is good I personally think that's good I think you know, like, I mean, I'm a little bit of a nerd, but I remember back in the day when, like, I was a little kid and, like, Steve Jobs, like, they came out with Garage Band and stuff, and, like, John Mayer was on there talking about it, and, like, look, you can record this like this, and I was like, dude, that's so crazy. That's insane, <laughs> you know, and, um, uh, I mean, I mean, we all, I don't know about y'all, you know, how, what's going on, but when I was in high school, I had you know, a MacBook and I had that software on my MacBook. And that's kind of crazy. If you really look at it, anybody that has an interface and a computer can make a top song. Like there's no, like you can, that's what's wild. I'm Um, blanking on her name, but she literally did that like back in 2019. She recorded, hell, it might've been during the pandemic. I don't, I don't remember. It's been some years ago now. Everything's in limbo. But yeah. um, she recorded an album at home, and it was number one for weeks, and highly anticipated. Like when word got out that you talking, talking about Taylor Swift? Hell no! <laughs> Hell no! I was about to say I feel like her home studio is probably better than most. <laughs> like no, this shit. Man, I wish I could remember her name. Somebody discreet, or is it somebody that blew up? I thought it was discreet. She uh, she blew up there. I mean, she was already fairly big, but it was like the project was a big deal back to your John Mayer pitch about uh, Garage Band. Is you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, yeah, lo-fi. That's the vibe nowadays too. Yeah, I've seen. Um, like Zach Bryan recorded his uh, first album in an Airbnb with a room microphone. I don't think people like the polished shit. Well, a lot of times it comes off like a polished turd. <laughs> well, it's too perfect. Nobody sounds like that. Yeah. But I, I will say at the same time, see, I've got a complicated view on it because um, the way I look, I look at it almost like I do the conversation about worship. <laughs> That's deep. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Worship, there's a big camp that thinks you shouldn't have electric guitars on a stage, you know. And, and put, that it, keep your hands in your pockets. Don't yeah. put them up. Yeah, just only put them on the hymnal when you're reading the hymn, you know. 
like that type of thing. And I think you should grab a snake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. But uh, you know, I mean, and and then they've got another camp of people that um, are basically you know using whatever cutting edge technology is available to you know bring to worship and i think that's pretty cool in itself because you know the the whole conversation of like are you limiting something like you you don't know i mean who are we to know we're all exploring something we don't fully understand from you know freaking 75 percent of people that claim to be musicians it's a hobby you know and so like the rest of them are like serious about it and like i think that you know if the idea of making it is different for people too. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's that goes in the conversation of like I've I've talked to so many folks too that like I come across just in daily life and we'll be talking about music and you know, talking about what's going on and, and what I'm doing and and this and that and they'll be asking me questions and, and like they'll be telling me about like, you know, oh yeah, you know, I'm a musician as well. I play church uh, guitar and stuff and that's their you know that's their thing that's like their Super Bowl that's and I, their out. I think that's super cool you know what I mean um, dude also man it's um, and thankfully he started playing live he gathered up a band but he would no social media nothing he would record every instrument to his album put it on Bandcamp and not say a word and somehow it got popular as hell in Australia. In po- <laughs> Australia. In, in pockets all over the US. Was it what kind of music was it? Drone rock. Drone rock. What's drone rock? Uh Spaceman Three. Uh it Frank Zappa had a big influence on it, if you ever spend any time with Frank Zappa. But a, a drone is like uh let's say that you were playing a song in the key of G. Mm-hmm. It's like the like that kind of Yeah. I would I, I would I would literally like if you gave me that guitar I would just play, yeah, different variations. So like if it's of G. if it's in D, you're playing different variations of D. Yeah, the whole time, the entire even time. even if there's a change in the chords. Don't matter. You're yeah. a, you're a drone. I do that when I make demos. You're a drone. I do that every time I make demos. I, I didn't know what that was called. Yeah, but <laughs> that's you're droning. I always drone every time. It sounds good to me. I like it. I, I might, one it of sounds my, good to most pe- most people. Like it. it goes back to the wall of sound. Believe it or not, you're uh, creating a wall. Have you ever? listen well i'm sure you've listened to him but you know how are you do you have you listened to kings of leon <laughs> hell yeah okay i figured you had uh that that's for sure like my favorite band like in the world 100 percent. and uh what's your favorite song by them if you could pick it trunk really yeah i think mine's pyro for real i like pyro that's that's uh, one of my girlfriend's favorite ones. She, uh, I like the end on that album too. Come around sundown. God, that, that album goes hard. The whole album go, does. Uh, the, the one, I'm blanking on the name of it, but uh, it had "Sex Is On Fire" and two or three other hits. That was only by the night. Yep. It had seventeen on it. It had uh, seventeen. That was. A it had guy. "Be Somebody" on it. These are kind of some discreet ones that I really like, though. Honestly, they oh, you yeah, you they're not discreet. Yeah. No, I was in the top one percent listeners, like or point oh whatever. You know, I didn't get a gift. I was kind of upset, but it's all right. <laughs> I listened to them just kind of for that. I know what I'm listening the to. The vibe. Drive home now. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. It's it's uh, that way with Band of Horses. They're probably my favorite band. Band of Horses. Yeah. I, I've you ever them listened on. to them? Mm-mm. Uh, 
oddly enough, of the guy that used to give me guitar lessons, I was going to a music festival, and me and him enjoyed each other's company enough. He looked up that music festival. Next time we met, and he said, you'll like Band of Horses. And he said, they have a song called The Funeral. Mm-hmm. Tune your guitar down and drop D. I'm about to show you how to play it. That's their closing song. For real? When I saw him live, That's dope. I knew how to play it. And I was like watching it live, and it was like blowing my hair back, dude. That's dope. And I was and like, he showed you, he showed it to you. Yeah, that's crazy. That's and awesome. uh, I've seen him live five times. That's a goal of mine is to meet Caleb Fallowell. That's a major goal, on, or all of them, Nathan, everybody. But <clears throat> they, uh, they've got some Mississippi ties. I don't know if you know that. They uh, so basically, I mean, they're from Oklahoma, but they're. Um, their guitar player, um, he is from um, Mississippi, I believe. I believe it's their guitar player. I can't remember which one, to be honest. But it's a great story because they basically abducted him. And um, they said, listen, we need a guitar player. Here you come. You're coming with us. And the way the story goes, at least on Wikipedia, <laughs> it's got to be true. I may, I may have wrote that article. So it's got to be true. <laughs> it says they uh, locked themselves <laughs> in a bank in a basement with a pound of weed, and they came out with... Uh, you know their first album, <laughs> so sounds about right. Sometimes I, you know, but I know that sounds crazy. But what that sounds like to me as a musician, unfortunately, is hard work. They went in there and they said, "Yeah, we're about to just hammer this out and figure it out. We're getting something out of it." And they kind of invented something that's that's super cool. It's it, the whole reason I brought them up though is because we were talking about droning music. I mm-hmm. think they're they're like. They've got a lot of droning in all their music. It's all oh, groove-based, it and it's all part-based, and it all plays together. And I think that's super cool because they play off of each other. It's very, like, orchestra. That's what I like to listen to. I listen to them a lot when uh, when I was in college, like, studying. I'd be sitting like there. Band of Horses. I'll check them out. Uh, that reminded me of, like, uh, going back just for a second. I have a raw recording on this show. Of the number one song on all of Spotify right now. That's pretty badass. Wondering Why by the Red Clay Strays. The Red Clay Strays. That's wild. I just wanted to plug that. You can find it here, folks. <laughs> Check it out. But, Do it uh, now. Show it to us. But uh, there's a band that I believe is going to be the next one from this show to blow up. They did what you were talking about. They were. They decided to leave Mississippi, Hattiesburg area, and try their luck out in Colorado. And just so happened when they got there a few months later, the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. and they struggled. And so they locked themselves in that van. And when they came out, it was like the story. Of, it was like the story of Robert Johnson leaving town for a while and then coming back. And That's what he did. Been like what the? Hey, what happened? Now you, Robert Johnson. That whole story, just in itself, is a cool freaking story. You know what happened in reality, right? He, he went the, he and was grinded. In, he was in the in next the town over, and he was grinding. Yeah. He was playing the guitar nonstop and doing nothing else. And um, he was a troubled guy, obviously, but that's what he did, and that's why he did what he did. He honestly, I mean, if you really go down deep, you know, I mean, when he, he was... You know, murdered, probably poisoned, I think is what most people say, right? I think poisoned, yeah. You know, they poisoned his drink. But he, uh, 
So there was actually an arrangement. It's I fun think, to think about who would want to do that too. Yeah, I think it was over a woman. If it, I it, it most certainly was. If I really thought hard about it, it's probably over a woman because most things are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think it was called Carnegie. I think it was Carnegie Hall in New York, and uh, they were supposed to have him up to New York for the first time like ever to play blues music. And uh, he actually died, you know, back then it took however many, you know, you're taking the train, it's going to take several days, like if nothing else. You're not taking a flight or a drive, it's, you know, it's going to take a while, you're taking a train, you're traveling. And anyways, he was playing a show, I forget the the town's name, but it was in Mississippi and he ended up uh, being poisoned before he could make it up there. And so what they, he ended up passing away, obviously, you know, the legend goes, but they ended up in his place since he passed away. They they took a record. He had been in Chicago recording a bunch of his. You know, that's what you hear when you look up Robert Johnson on Spotify. Is what he recorded. You hear that rain in the back. It's so eerie. Yeah, yeah, dude, Golly. it's cool. It's spooky. He's talking about some weird stuff. Yes, too. he is. He's he's a he's an interesting cat. Well, you know the the guy that supposedly uh, taught him in the next town over hung out in graveyards. Yeah, he was a bit of a loon too. And that's why they they probably just that's probably that just good old small small town. Oh, he hangs out with him. He must be bad. Mm-hmm. That's probably what it, you know. Uh, but they ended up in his place. Some of those recordings they they played on a. I don't know what it was called. It wasn't a record player, but they had that like Tape decks. Horn, that horn thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what they played it in his place, and everybody went. The crowd went wild, or whatever, and that's what that's what they say kind of started. You know, people because at the time it was big band music only. That was it. Nobody knew anything other. Think about it. You know, back in those days, even like up till World War Two, you're just listening to a bunch of horns and a big band of people that's you know, playing whatever jazz or, you know. And so they thought it was crazy that there's just a dude playing what sounded like multiple instrument parts on a guitar by himself, singing about something spooky. They thought that was crazy, so they loved it. He influenced American music just basically by, you know, the composition of it. He was, I mean, if you really look at it, he uh, he kind of brought the first structures of, like, rock music to the mainstream yeah it's kind of weird to be sitting in it that didn't happen too far from here yeah it's you know, pretty wild wouldn't wouldn't take you long to hop in the vehicle and drive two and a half hours and be on hollow ground so to speak you can go up there and sell your soul supposedly <laughs> that's what they say but uh yeah it's pretty wild you ever heard of lightning hopkins oh yeah dude this bring me my shotgun. You ever heard that? Oh yeah, <laughs> dude, that's that's a good one. Ty showed me that. He's a big blues guy. Man, I've um, been blessed, man, to the Bentonia Blues Festival at the Blue Front Cafe. I've been covering that festival for three years. Mm-hmm. Been honored enough to play in it, to be a part of it, and um, just doing that and capturing the story of the Blue Front and the musicians that pass through. And then eventually I'm gonna get my butt up to the Clarksdale and uh, get all that covered. But like just to be able to hear that side of history from the actual people that lived it was yeah. so important for me to do on this show. 
Yeah. It's almost would, like that fat possum thing. It's like, yeah. if I don't, if I don't capture it, like this story will never be told or yeah. it'll be a, it'll be a game of telephone. Right. By the time it gets back around, the story's completely changed and you got somebody still in their soul. It'll be some, something somebody tells you. Yeah. Not something you hear. Yeah. Way to put it. Um, my last, uh, I guess it was last, last summer, I, I believe, but, um, my, my girlfriend, Maggie took me up to, uh, Indianola, like up there where BB King, his museum, his museum's up there and basically, you know, went, went and spent the day and checked out his museum. I didn't know he was buried there either. That's pretty crazy, but he's up there and. We went to the Grammy Museum, checked it all out, and it's just—it's really interesting to kind of see the dynamic of of Mississippi and kind of the the musical history that it has. You know, that's related to you know Mississippi. I think that's because of the chip that's on everybody that's here's shoulder. To be completely honest, I was talking about this with JT and Tyler uh, Frederick the other day. JT McCaffrey and Tyler Frederick were over here. We were writing some music and. We were talking about that, just having a chip on our shoulder. Because if I go out of state for work and I'm at a meeting and somebody says, where are you from? And I say, Jackson, Mississippi, they are always looking at me like, oh, shit. (laughs) Are y'all all all right? (laughs) You know? And just that in itself, I'm like, oh, damn. Like, it's not, I mean, we're, yeah, we're okay. Like, we don't need you. still showering in the creek. (laughs) They don't think we wear shoes down here. Oh, I know, dude. Yeah. 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 Some people don't, but it's, you know, you know. That's somebody. <laughs> me. Yeah, yeah, me too, man. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's it's like it kind of gives you that inherent chip on your shoulder where you want to, you have something to prove. You don't even know what it is, but you've got something to prove. That's, some, you know, somebody else that, like, on that kind of, that topic is, like, Hardy, you know, with, like, his whole new album talking about, you know, sold out and all this and that. That's really cool because that's that energy. That's that same type of stuff. He's looking at it through that lens. And, yeah, dude. And it's bad. It's badass. Like you know, just to kind of see that on a on a scale like that. That's pretty large. You know, Morgan Wallen is like he's top dog. Probably, he's gigantic, and uh, it's pretty crazy. You know that he's that Hardy's contributed that, and also you know people. This is a fun fact. Um, you know, I forget the name of the song. Which song is it where he's talking about, you know, uh, dang, now I'm dodging potholes in my sunburnt Silverado. Oh, yeah, I know Shamal. What's that song called? I, I forget the name of it, man. Oh, oh man, that, we know should that, know, I know that. that dude be talking about some relatable shit, though. You know, you know why he's talking about relatable shit, though? Because he's from here. It's, from, it's about it's, from Flo- it's about County. It's about Flowood. He said, you know, little town outside of Knoxville. Morgan Wallen changed it. He used to say, little town outside of Jackson, hidden by some dogwood trees. Flowood. That's where she was from. Hardy wrote that song. It's pretty crazy. He's got some versions of it singing it live. I'll have to show it to you later on. But yeah, that's pretty. I mean, stuff like that. You know. Um, it's, it's, it's just cool to see. Long story short, you don't see a lot of things around that you can be like, yeah, I'm proud of that. And um, I think that uh, that's kind of 
something I'd like to be a part of is, is a positive growth in that area of things because most people that come out of Mississippi, unfortunately, don't like to claim it. No, they don't. So I'd like to do that. That chick from Paramore, she sure didn't. She was from Meridian. Britney Spears. She's from Mississippi? That's what I hear. Maybe folk legend, but she's like a <laughs> she's like a knife master now. <laughs> yeah, I saw her dancing on Facebook. She's pretty, she's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, she's. I don't know what. I, I hope she's okay. Man, I see that meme in my head. Wood. <laughs> yeah. I hope she's doing good. <laughs> That's yeah. all I, you know. Yeah, man. She <laughs> she uh, she's got that Disney brain, dude. Yeah, yeah, man. Best wishes, best wishes. But uh, but yeah, I I mean, damn. <laughs> You know, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Though? I mean, Mississippi is it's a it's a cool spot. Just I mean, it's it's like where I'm from. Bottom line, and and this is where I grew up, and this is what I know. And I and think I, uh, also like there's a reason why per support. capita this state produces more stars than any other state in the country. Number two, probably Alabama, but I think I know the reason. Adversity breeds. There's nothing here for us, unfortunately. We've yeah. got to make it. Yeah. Yeah, and we're, I, we're planning and, our and own I, festivals. And, and I, yeah, and I don't care if you're like, even from Madison, or if you're hotty toddy or bougie, like even that here is not shit somewhere else. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And so, like, I think all that adversity and just the weather itself and the way that how hard people are, the perspiration that we have to endure. That breeds a breeding ground for creativity and a place for all that to to grow. Yeah, it's always doubted and counted out, no matter what. And um, there's not like a there's not a platform here at all, really. If you look at it, you've got y'all, you've got the Man Up podcast. I don't know of any County Line. That's another good one. Best out of Philadelphia. Line. Uh, there's a couple more beginning to pop up. Uh, there are Facebook <clears throat> pages and groups that are trying to do things, but the heart is there. Yeah. But they don't know how to do it. It's got to be calculated and consistent. Consistency is key. That's a great place to stop. Put a pin right there. Dude, I forgot to hit record. But I have three questions. What you got? To uh, walk out of the door. What? Is um, please plug the socials. Which one are you most active on, and uh, where can people find your music? Um, most active on Instagram for sure, or Facebook probably. I guess because you know, gotta check that out. Um, and you can find the music everywhere. It's on every streaming platform: Spotify, Apple Music. Um, just look up Logan Hoke, H O G. Check out the music video on YouTube. Yep, yep, music video on there for something's got a hold of me, directed by Nick Barrett. Um, awesome song. Y'all go check it out. Also, brand new single that's been out for a while. Brand new single called Unavailable, produced by Josh Bright. It's out in uh, you know, all streaming platforms now. Y'all go check that out too. I appreciate y'all. Glad to be here today. Give the man a follow. Yes, sir. Thank Get you. Come in there. Question two. With some of the traveling you've been able to do with the band, or just a trip to Indianola uh, over the past year, what was one of the most memorable places you had been, and why? 
<laughs> the most memorable place that I've been. For what purpose? Like doesn't matter. It's just music based it, stuff. It, or? It, whatever you want. It just it it had an impression on you. You'd be like, I could live here. I could live Fayetteville, Arkansas. I've heard that. Yeah, them hot springs around there. Yeah, it's a it's a underrated place if I do say so myself. Um, beautiful mountains, you know. It's it's a really cool vibe. I've I really enjoyed my time there. I think that was out of where we went. You know, um, this you know past year. That's that's random. I know that sounds sounds crazy, but Fayetteville, Arkansas. Y'all go check it out. Shout out. It's really cool. Um, that's probably where I would say to go. Either that or, you know, of course, Oxford, but I've been there, obviously. I mean, <laughs> it's same similar vibes, in a way. Huh. I don't know how to explain it. It's both college towns. It's almost like if you took Mississippi State and you put it together with Oxford. That actually makes sense. You know, if you put the university at in Oxford, huh. university seems similar, but the town seems more like Oxford, if that makes sense. That's, yeah. where, that's where I'd say. Last question, walking out the door. Thank you for your time. What was your favorite part of this conversation? Probably the blues uh, stuff. I think that's pretty dope. Right on. <laughs> or, man, or just talking about growth and, and uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think, you know, I think it's cool to have a dialogue open to whoever wants to listen. I mean, you don't know who's going to come across this podcast. You know, you don't know who has, you know, played big shows who has never played a show before who uh wants to play at their local whatever i mean i think that's super cool that that you've got that we have this in this day and age the opportunity to listen to something like this this is an open conversation no script nothing i'm talking to you you're talking to me he's lying dude i sent him, <laughs> him the script about whatever we feel like at 11 30 when we <laughs> confirmed it you know i couldn't remember all that man <laughs> but yeah i mean it's just cool it's I'm I'm very I'm grateful for the opportunity to include a bunch of folks in the conversation. Well, dude, uh, I hope to come back down here. Not a bad drive. It only was two turns from the house. Yeah, man. We'll see you soon. Fair enough, Logan Hogue. Everybody, peace out. What's up, y'all? Thanks for listening to the Porch Talk podcast. My name's Logan Hogue. This is called Running on Empty. Go check it out now. Turn 16, Dad tossed me the keys New to me, 98 F-150 Miles on the dash, no cash, make it last First ones to the party, never worry about it back Pedal to the metal till Pop met the kettle, she was hotter than hell But together we seven, never thought about forever She knew she could do better, so she did I was a loser, but she was a believer. Couldn't believe she found somebody as lost as me. Those nights to sleep less, cause we were dreaming. Little did I know hers were always bigger than me. She left me running. Yeah.
past when the smoke finally cleared all she left was a track total floorboard did things never did before your mama said don't be home late but it's 224 right when the morning light hits it up I was a loser she was a lever couldn't believe she found somebody How to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.